Hey everybody, this is Jahan. I'm here with a little disclaimer for this episode, which is that partway through, I start mispronouncing the main character's name. It's Rhea. So that's how it should sound. Thanks so much. Okay, great. Jahan. Oh, well, we gotta introduce the show. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm like, I'm already like, I am radiating right now. Okay, sorry. You go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to From A to Xenon, a Disney Channel original movie podcast. I'm Jahan. I'm Avery. And today we're talking about Spin, which is unusual for us because normally I think we're talking about throwbacks. But today we are talking about a movie that came out two weeks ago. This is still fresh, (laughs) y'all. And I am buzzing. I I cannot handle it. (laughs) I'm actually going to give our listeners instructions on how to watch it in case they don't know. Yeah, it's not on Disney Plus. It's not on Disney Plus, which I was surprised by. I guess Disney Plus is not showing decoms. I don't, or not showing new decoms. But Spin, we had to log on to Disney Now with like me with my parents' like cable provider. I don't know if that's the way everyone has to, but <laughs> this is um, a brand new movie, not on Disney Plus, but it was meant to be on Disney Plus, and then they made a Disney Channel original movie, and I'm not sure why that is, and Ooh. I don't know what the difference is to be honest. <laughs> Interesting. I didn't even know that. Let's get into it, Avery. I don't even know where to begin, John, because I'm like, should we do research first and then talk about the synopsis? Or should we just dive in? Because I watched this a day after Johan. And when I tell you, (laughs) it was like, it was so hard not to like text her throughout this movie because I was like, I gotta save my notes. And I just have so many thoughts. And I'm ready to just dive in. I just I'm ready. Okay. I think we should dive in. But first, I do want to say, as we mentioned last episode, this is our first Indian American DCOM lead. I will say we glossed over a few things last episode, which is that Naomi Scott was in Lemonade Mouth. She is South Asian, singing beautifully. And then um, also just in terms of Asian DCOM leads, I did forget to mention Vanessa Hudgens, who is Filipina. But notably, like the lead of Johnny Tsunami, she is a Filipina actress or actor playing a different race. Mm. So here in Spin, we have our first Indian American lead. It's very, very exciting. I'm over the moon. Um, And yes, Avery and I have never spoken about this movie, which is extremely unusual for us. (gasps) I'm ready. Okay. So (laughs) I'm, oh my God, tears. Okay. So movie comes in. Tied in, tied close up on a restaurant called Spirit of India. And let me just say, the tunes are going... Well, first of all, our main character is named Rhea. Rhea is setting the tunes. And first of all, one, my first note was, this girl is gorgeous. My second (laughs) note was, she sets the tunes and clearly runs this establishment because she is a boss woman. She's out here, like, taking people's orders, running the restaurant, going back and forth. Like, she's clearly in her element. She's clearly in her vibe. We find out kind of, like, immediately that she is a big sister. She has a little brother named Rohan, (laughs) who has, like, my top three favorite lines in this movie, but we'll get that later. Yes. Also, Avantika, as you said, very beautiful. That's the actress playing Rhea. It's also immediately clear that this is a... She's musical. The very... The, like, restaurant's musical. She's... It's almost a choreographed action as she, like, waitresses, right? Yes. Moves with grace was my next line. (laughs) Yeah. And she's, everything she does is very, 
very polished. And as you said, she's running the show. She has made the playlist that's playing in the restaurant, the Dinner Rush playlist. She also makes a kid behave by spinning a pen, which I didn't really understand. (laughs) But clearly, as you said, this is her element. This is where she thrives. And we shortly thereafter meet her nanny, who is my favorite character in this movie. A goddess among us mortals. That's all I gotta say. So, um... I think almost immediately we see her dad sort of being like, oh, I couldn't do this without Rhea. And we see her nanny being like, why does your child run this restaurant? So we know where each of them stands. Can I also just say, like, we get introduced to the grandmother and she's out here saying that Rhea doesn't look presentable on a Sunday night. And I had to pause because I was like, this girl looks better than me on any given day. Like... This woman is, this girl is fabulous. And her grandmother's like, oh, she doesn't look presentable. It did feel like very prototypically like Indian nanny, Indian auntie for her to be like, you don't look right. And trying to pluck her eyebrows in the kitchen of a restaurant. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Which they did get called out on, but it's just very funny. There are like some elements of like the classic Indian auntie. But honestly, that's some of nanny's only misbehavior as far as I'm concerned. So she's a little bit image conscious, which is a, A problem many of our nannies have, I'll say. (laughs) But then uh, we see more anti-antics, anti-antics, anti-antics immediately because there is Shilpa auntie who is eating at the restaurant and trying to set the dad up with her sister. So the dad, this is when when we learn the dad is as many decom fathers are widowed. The nanny and the aunties are all trying to set him up. And it's because he's dreamy. Very dreamy. (laughs) But this is also, too, where we find out in talking to the aunties that Rhea is also the president of the school's coding club, which will come up later and is kind of important a little bit later. So Rhea then rescues a boy from her brother who is trying to sell them on probably his tic tacos, which are his chicken tikka tacos. (laughs) I would have those. They sound delicious. But she rescues Max um, and his mom from Rohan and, you know, seat them. And Max is immediately like, sorry, what's this song playing? Can I just say, Max entered the room or entered the restaurant and literally my notes were, I I kid you not, Max is a stone cold British hottie. I mean, like, (laughs) I have it in all caps and I have it like bolded. Which also, by the way, Kind of threw me off a little bit because like his first initial lines, like he sounds Australian to me. And I was like, oh, like his mom is British and he's Australian. What? But then like doing some research, like come to find out that he is Australian. So I think he just like didn't cover up his accent very well. Those first couple lines and confused me a little bit. But we're all good. We're all good. (laughs) We will go on to learn the character is extremely British and proud, but we'll get to that later. (laughs) Yes. Um, so he recognizes, he's like, what song is this? And she's like, oh, it's DJ Lucascent. That is both Max and Rhea's favorite DJ. He's released a new track and suddenly they're vibing. They're connecting over their love of music and DJs and house music, I guess. I also, <laughs> word for word, literally have their vibing. Same as you. But then also Max asks her to go record shopping. Oh. <gasps> And Ray is like, oh, I don't have a record player. And his line was, uh, <laughs> I'm a DJ. I have two. What? <laughs> He's, but he doesn't offer anything up with that. He's just like, yeah. yeah. 
But it was like a, it was like a, like, yeah, you don't have to worry. Like, I got you, boo. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I can't handle. Truly swooning. Then Nani comes out because it's time for Truly Nani's Sunday Spectacle. It's incredible. The beat drops, a song kicks in. Suddenly a Bollywood-esque song is playing and Nani has taken over the restaurant to dance through the crowd. And it's incredible. You know, people in the crowd are up and trying to dance and clapping. Everyone's having a wonderful time. And she's lip syncing. Yeah, she does a very cool little lip sync. Yeah. And she tells Max, we do this every Sunday. Um, <laughs> and Nani's loyal fans come through. The dad does think it's a little corny, but you know, it's it's so it, I loved it. I had a wonderful time. Nani has incredible stage presence. And we come to find out that night that like after the restaurant is done for that night, come to find out that, you know, as expected, um, Ray's mom has passed away. But Ray's mom was also very musical and that like music just kind of runs through her veins. Um, Nani says that like she has her mother's ear and Ray's mom could pick any good music for any. So for every occasion. So I feel like music for Rhea, it's more than just like, oh yeah, like I know how to pick good tunes, but I also feel like it's a way for her to connect with her mom who's not there. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we then go actually into a flashback where we see the mom. We see her sort of putting Rhea to sleep as like an eight-year-old and Rhea can't sleep because it's loud outside. And so she's blasting her radio and that's not helping either. And her mom helps her to like sort of listen to the sounds. And it felt very, um, there was an In the Heights line that was kind of going viral on Twitter the past couple months. And it was, let me listen to my block, which is very funny because it's very loud in the Heights and probably in New the area of New York where Rhea lives. But they listen. And what her mom does even further than just listening to her block is she shows her really the music and everything, right? The tr- sort of trumpeting of men's laughs, the clinking of glass bottles. It's really, really lovely. And it shows you really how deep in their core these people love music. It's really fun. And then the next day, we're at school. Max passes her by in the quad and there's like a cute little smile and exchange that happens. I swooned. But then we also get to meet Rhea's friends. And can I just say, these are like probably the coolest decom friends I might have ever seen. <laughs> Um, Molly and Watson. So Molly, for those who, you know, I don't know, live on this planet, like you might recognize her from Kitty from To All the Boys. If you're a little bit younger, you might notice her from like Odd Squad. And also Descendants. There's <gasps> Descendants 2 and 3. How can I forget? She's been in DCOMs before. Anna Cathcart, she is, um, I think she's a young DCOM star, but I also think she's just a budding star. She is so good <laughs> every time. So good. But yes, so Molly and Watson are her her first friends that we're introduced to. They're part of the coding club. I literally was like, I hope these were the friends that we would have hung out in high school with, Jahan. (laughs) But I I think what makes them really cool is just like the inclusivity of the friends or the representation that we get to see in these friends. Because Watson is like clearly a nerdy boy, but he's out here wearing like brightly colored nail polish. He designs the coding club's uniforms, which, by the way, I want the Letterman jacket. If (laughs) anybody can make this for me on Etsy or I don't know, I don't know. Make it for me. I will buy it. I will I will pay your fine, whatever you want. 
But yeah, I just I just loved their friend group. And then we also get introduced to Ginger. Yes. So Ginger is their influencer friend. <laughs> like people are taking selfies with her. She has tons of followers. It's pretty clear like she's popular outside of just at their school. And I loved Ginger for what it's worth. I thought she was a powerhouse of a character. Just so much fun every time she was on screen. She's like this like little PR person who operates inside their school for some reason. But I want to sort of reiterate what you said about the include, like the the diversity of the friend group. But also, this is when I started to feel like I knew this was a decom for like this current generation, Gen Z or younger. But this is when I really felt like this is a modern day decom. This is not like the ones we've watched in the past. Because when Ginger finds out that um, Rhea has a crush, she says, "Who are they?" And that simple like gender neutrality, I was like. Mm. Oh, shit. <laughs> That's not something we we're getting, like, even a few years ago, I feel like, in DCOMs. Like, the idea that Rhea's crush might not be a boy, right? Yeah. And also, I think Watson is very clearly queer-coded, which I think every time there is a queer-coded character in a Disney theatrical release, like, when... <laughs> I think they did it in, like, Beauty and the Beast in theaters or whatever, the, the live-action one. They're like, Disney's first... <laughs> possibly gay character, maybe. But I do think Disney Channel is doing something a little better because they know they're doing it for young audiences. They're doing way more across the board. Yeah. I truly loved just, like, the multitudes of this friend group. Like, they weren't the popular kids. They weren't the nerds. Like, it's a clear blend of both. And one thing that I also wanted to point out, because, again, Ginger was, like, a true star. I know there's been, like, this... There's been conversations on Twitter about, you know, this idea of, like, women in particular having like multitudes. So like being able to be like popular and kind or being like hot and intelligent. And I think, <laughs> you know, a lot of people um, think about Elle Woods and that, like from Legally Blonde about she was a character who was like very clearly popular and nice. And that's why people love Elle Woods. Cause it was like, she could have used her like popularity for meanness, but like she's genuinely a decent human being. Mm -hmm. And I felt that same way for Ginger. Like here's an influencer, like people are taking pictures of her in the hallway. And yet like, she just seems so kind. And I, I really liked that in a character. I just, Oh, I yes, I agree. And I it felt like it was such a supportive friend group. And as you said, they contained multitudes. Every kid had like multiple things. Like Rhea was a coder and like loves music and loves business. <laughs> Molly loves coding and Watson loves coding and design. They and like Ginger, they like runs fundraisers and also is an influencer. They were all they all had so much going on. I thought it was so cool to see. They weren't in boxes at all. I did love that. And you're right, Ginger, so, so cool. She does have my number one favorite line in this movie. I just want to, I just want to preview that for fans. For sure. <laughs> she has my favorite line. <laughs> so Ginger is setting up the homecoming fundraiser. It's going to be a festival of color. It's Rhea's idea. It's inspired by Holy. But first, they have to promo it with the dance squad. And it's very funny to me that they have to promo this giant student event to fundraise for a third event with an event. And I realize it's because you need so many events for DJs to perform at in this movie. <laughs> it's the only way the plot works is if every couple of every like other scene you have an event for a DJ to perform at. 
Um, but yes, they are at school and they go to coding club, which is run by Miss Naomi, Miss Eloy, but her first name is Naomi, which we'll learn later. Mm -hmm. They all had to come up with like a topic just for fun. And so Watson and Molly are like trying to come up with like a flying pizza delivery thing. What? Okay. A pizza, a pizza drone, I think. Yeah. A pizza drone. Yes. A pizza drone. And I think this, I think this part of the movie, I just kind of clearly shows where Rhea is because everyone's like trying to do fun things. And what's Rhea's idea is to do like a point of sale analytics app for her dad's restaurant. (laughs) (laughs) And her teacher's like, this assignment is meant to be fun. But she's like, oh, like, this is fun. Like, I love helping my dad and all this other stuff. And I think it just goes to show, and we'll talk about this a little bit later in the, in the movie, but just like, I guess how mature Rhea is. I guess the mindset that Rhea is of having to like take care of the family restaurant and not necessarily like being able to have that fun, that luxury of fun that or the rest of her friends have. Yeah, absolutely. And earlier we had seen that the nanny feels like dad is sort of hiding from the world behind the restaurant and behind his children. And Rhea similarly is sort of very focused on how she and her dad are a team. It's now lunchtime and there's a problem. What? Ginger's DJ for her dance promo cheated on a test and is suspended. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot that that was the reason why she needed a DJ so quickly. And I just got remembered. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. (laughs) So Rhea recommends Max without knowing his music, which is wild to me. And like Ginger's immediately like, is it just because he's hot? And she's like, well, like, I guess. (laughs) Also, the lunches, I loved seeing how everybody was eating like a lunch from their culture and they were all sharing. It was very cute. There were samosas. There was some sort of squid situation. (laughs) So she gets Max to DJ. She gets Max to his first DJ gig at school. And there is a completely wild lunchtime UV light dance situation promoting the Festival of Color. Yeah. And so... Ginger gets Max to sign up. I guess this was like his quote unquote audition. She gets him to sign up to be the DJ for the Festival of Color. But Ginger's very clear that like he needs to up his game. She's like, oh yeah, like this was cute. But like come festival, like you better work. And so Ray is like, oh yeah, like I know Ginger's taste. Um, I can help you out with picking the songs. And in exchange, Max is going to teach her how to DJ. <laughs> I thought that was incredible on Rhea's part. It was so smooth. She was like, I could maybe help you. Oh, so, so smooth. And that's also where we learn Max's DJ name, which is DJ Union Max. And who loves an empire that much is what I have to say <laughs> on the matter. <laughs> what, what pride do you have in that? But anyway, he's incredibly British. <laughs> so I thought she was just agreeing to help him because he was cute. But it turns out it was two things. Half he was cute and half she actually does want to learn how to spin. And now we're at the record store and a record store date. What a dream. Like from 500 Days of Summer, it's what we've all wanted, right? So they're picking up some songs. Then there's turntables in the store and he actually shows her the very basics. But then who walks in? But DJ Lucasent. (laughs) (laughs) DJ Lucasent is in this DJ name gets me every time I say it. <laughs> DJ Lucasent is in this record store. He's picking up some records for himself and he's he's like digging what Max is doing. He takes them up to the front and he tells them about his upcoming teen DJ competition 
Battle of the Beatmasters. Which I also want to know that this is a DJ competition only for teens. And I'm like, how many local teens are DJs out, DJers out there? Like, I, I gotta know. <laughs> We're in the city that never sleeps. We're in New York. Every house you knock on has a DJ child. <laughs> I will say... <laughs> I have worked on a television show that is coming out this fall that is about like kids who make music. It's very, it's very of the moment. <laughs> we'll talk about it more when it comes out, I presume. <laughs> but anyway. Yes, plug it here. <laughs> In a couple of months or something, watch Karma's World <laughs> on Netflix. <laughs> but anyway, it's right. So kids who love music, that's the vaguest description I'll give. It's like very much a thing in media right now. And I do think kids, I have seen like a lot of like kids toys that are for DJing and stuff. So it is a thing kids are like interested in now. There's like baby DJ classes. It's, I wanted to like make my nephew attend, but I don't have that power. Let's get both of our nephews to go and do that together. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, they could be a cute little DJ duo. (laughs) So they have the flyer for the Battle of the Beatmasters and the winner gets a setup exactly like DJ Lucas sent the new state of the art stuff and a spin session with him. Rhea is immediately like supportive and is like, Max, you have to enter. And he's like, even like being a little modest. He's like, oh, I don't know about that. And she's like, he'll do it. We're there. Well, Rhea, overachiever that she is, asks what they're looking for in the competition. And he says, they need to tell a story and make us care. Beautiful. All you want in a DJ. <laughs> I'll be honest, I feel like music and the other, like, decoms I can really, like, immediately understand and get into, but I do not know much about DJing, and there's not as many words, (laughs) so it's harder to be like, oh, yes, (laughs) I love the music, but I did not understand it as much as I'd say I normally do. (laughs) Oh, so, oh, gosh. Okay, so after this encounter, they're walking home. They're sharing the stories of their lives. And then the next day, like the very next day, Max gives her another spin lesson. And then, Jahan, we get a montage. And all I have to say is that this montage gave. It served. (laughs) I was in love. Like, they were so in love. They are practicing DJing. They are like in the streets and they are holding hands. When he grabbed her hand and held her hand, I out loud squealed. (laughs) I couldn't handle it. I couldn't handle it. Across the country, when they held hands, I felt Avery's little heart pitter patter and like her having to resist texting me. That's... I did okay to be fair I did text you one time and it was during this montage and like when they were sharing headphones and holding hands and I said I just need them to kiss (laughs) it's what I sent you and Rhea is studying up right so she's studying with Max but she's also studying on her own in this montage you see her working with Max and then you also see her like watching videos of DJs at work. She is absolutely putting in the work because she's interested now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And also Max tells us that he DJs because it helps him make friends. Uh, like, cause he moves around a lot and it's like, if you're a cool DJ, who wouldn't want to be your friend, right? And all this like studying up and teaching, Max is like, oh, like Rhea, like you've really got a gift. And Rhea initially like tries to deny it. And she's like, oh, like all the other people in my family have an artsy gene, but I don't. I'm like my dad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
She's all business. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's having so much fun making beats. She doesn't realize she's late for her shift. Mm-hmm. And she's in a little trouble, but she's never late, so it's kind of waved off. But then Nani wants the boy gossip. <laughs> okay, did we did we write the same thing? Because I said Grandma gets the tea about Max and the new DJ hobby. <laughs> <laughs> and what really killed me about this is that they had, in the montage, eaten at the restaurant, but Nani doesn't know who he is. What are you talking about? <laughs> he ate at your restaurant, not... Two minutes of the movie ago. <laughs> I know, but I guess she wants to know, like, what's the real deal? What's the what's the 411? And Reyes says they're just friends who hold hands <laughs> and exchange many meaningful glances. <laughs> they're always making eye contact. <laughs> but Nani is like, as soon as she hears that she's working on music, Nani's like, oh, you're working on music? And Nani knows what's up. But Rhea's like, no, no, it's nothing. But Nani is like so excited by these kids' creativity, even when it's the little brother being a little weirdo. So Rhea was late to like work on the night of parent-teacher conferences. That's why she needed to be there so much, because her dad Mm -hmm. had to go off and meet up with the coding club teacher, Miss Eloy. Naomi. Yes, she does ask him to call her by her first name. And I will say, this scene is the first time we see the dad have any fun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, Naomi kind of tells the dad that, like, kind of goes and says kind of the same thing that we said before. Like, hey, like, all the kids seem to be having fun, but, like, Rhea's about the business. And I mm-hmm. and I fear that, like, she's not having fun or, like, she's so focused on the restaurant. And like Shohan said, like, the dad keeps on denying it. He's like, oh, like, Rhea would tell me if, you know, I was pushing her too much or, or she would tell me. And I think for me, I had so many notes on this, Shahan, because I think I feel for Rhea. I guess just like being an eldest daughter, like in any country or any like culture you're from, I feel like as an oldest daughter, you grow up too fast, like trying to play the role of like dutiful daughter slash like second mother Mm -hmm. that you like you miss the chance to just like be and find your identity and find what you like because you're always like co-parenting or you're trying to like be the best that you can be for your parents. And so I, I, not that I'm an, I'm an oldest daughter. I'm not an eldest daughter, but like, I do definitely feel that like Ray is missing out because like she, she just feels like she's duty bound. Yeah. And I will say when I saw this trailer, I was so excited because I didn't immediately see like an Indian parent squashing someone's dreams. And I, I was a little worried about it as the dad sort of was like so business focused, but mm-hmm. it wasn't like the stereotypical Indian parent where it's like you have to focus on your studies. The dad's thing is he's kind of oblivious and he also is like so work minded, which mm. isn't great. But I will say it's no different than any other Disney Channel original movie, Clueless Father. Almost like a stereotypical Disney Channel father more than a Disney Channel single father more than he is like an in, like a stereotypical Indian father on television, which I thought was I was like, OK, he's not like doing my ideal version of representative Indian parenting, mm-hmm. but he's also <laughs> pretty much in line with every other DCOM dad we see. That is fair. Yeah, he's very much like the dad from Smart House, right? Where he d- he misses that, like, Nick. his child is... 
Sorry. Is running shit, right? We thought it was terrible in Smart House. We think it's terrible now. Let your kid be a kid. Yes. Don't let your kids grow up too fast. And that is what the teacher essentially says to him. I honestly thought the dad was going to storm out. But somehow, Naomi pulls it off. She offers him a donut as an olive branch. Suddenly, the flirting is turned on. A flirt game was strong during this parent-teacher conference. On both sides. <laughs> is it appropriate? I don't know. But, you know, she's the coding club teacher. Maybe she's not officially a teacher <laughs> for, their, for, for Rhea. So she offers him a donut and he's like, it's good, but it's not my restaurant's jalebis. Mm-hmm. And then... Naomi proceeds to absolutely invite herself over to try them. Again, incredibly smooth. We are all taking notes. We are all going to use this in the future. Yes. And she says, great, it's a date. And the dad is like clearly like a little flustered, but on board with it. The dad then goes to the restaurant and tells Nani what happened. He's like, I think she invited herself over. And Nani has one of my favorite lines in the movie. Oh, shoot. What is it? Boldness is an underappreciated trait in women. <laughs> Let's go. Every Nani delivery is truly iconic. But she, like, is fully supportive of this, right? She's like, the kids would want to see you happy. Also, there's a playlist playing and they're both like, ah, another great Rayo playlist. And I thought this was so funny. Because if I heard a song playing at the restaurant, I wouldn't be like, this is a great playlist. I'd be like, I like this song. But they're always like, this playlist is fire. <laughs> <laughs> so Nani and dad are having this conversation. And dad like flat out asked Rhea, like, if she doesn't like working at the restaurant, like after missing the dinner shift. And like grandma does try to advocate for Rhea and says like, she's too serious to be a 15 year old girl. Like she deserves a life. And for Rhea, this is like, I feel bad because this isn't a chance that Rhea doesn't see this as an opportunity for to advocate for herself. Rather, she like she promises to up her game. And then this movie turns into Rhea trying to be like everything for everyone. She has to do her restaurant duties. She's trying to DJ. She's working herself to the bone. Yes. So at this point, we sort of return to the school for a minute And we see that Max is not listed on the Festival of Color website. Watson's made this beautiful website. And it's because Ginger does not think his sample edit, like what he he sent her a sample of what he was working on, was up to snuff. She did not want that. (laughs) She she was like, I did announce him already, so I have to use him, but I'm not going to just promote him. (laughs) I love Ginger. (laughs) And none of the friends dig it. They're all so rude. Again, I probably would have listened to it and been like yeah sure it sounds fine (laughs) but they were like none of the friends hold back on negative reviews of his music which i absolutely love like it's not like oh this is the guy our friend is into let's like couch our opinions and even when max has Rhea listen to it and she hears it he's like i know it's not great and she's like i'd love to disagree with you but i can't (laughs) so like nobody's stopping themselves from hurting his feelings what matters most to them is like good results i guess Mm -hmm. but Again, she agrees to help him fix the mix. As you said, we're about to sort of launch into her trying to do too much. We have the scene where Rhea sort of tries to help him start to find the story of his song and why people should care. Like, she knew DJ Lucas had asked for that, but to her that comes naturally, right? Her mom taught her that at eight years old. And that's not something Max has in his music yet. And she helps him get there. She explains that there's music and everything just like her mom taught her. Rhea, like, helps him find a song 
that sounds like his love of skateboarding. She helps him find the vocal hook for his song, and she names the song Feel Good. They're dancing together. The song is really coming together. But they were working so hard that now Reyes missed the dinner shift completely. She's made a second mistake in regard to the restaurant. And Max then says a line that cracked me up because he says, call your father and tell him you spaced. And the offense in Rhea's voice when she says, I can't call my father and tell him I spaced. <laughs> it just sounds like those memes. It sounded exactly like those memes where you're like, my parents aren't white. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Which, to be fair, there are strict parents in every culture. I know that, and I know it is a stereotype that par- Indian parents are very strict. But there is some truth to the fact that I, you, there are some things you simply cannot call your parents and say <laughs> in, like, a brown family. And <laughs> I really thought that was very funny. And then Rhea and her dad talk. He tells her she can not do this if she wants to. And this is, as you said, where she tries to do too much. She's skipping coding club. She's trying to do work. She's trying to DJ. And she's still giving notes on the mix from home. She's overworked, unfocused, just very much having a hard time. And then somebody shows up at the restaurant. It's the coding teacher, Naomi. (laughs) And might I just say, uh, this woman gets a booth to herself. And Rhea and Rohan see the sparks like sizzling, flying, sparking. I don't know. But they're here for it. Like whatever's happening... They are here for it. It's they, So what I wrote down was the only time the dad seems chill is when he's flirting. But they flirt and they share Jalebi. And then I wrote down here, Siri, play Jalebi Baby featuring Jason Derulo because sparks are flying. You stop it right now. <laughs> <laughs> Don't write I wrote that entire sentence. <laughs> um, oh. But the teacher is not just there to share a romantic jalebi with her student's father. We learn she's actually there to talk to Rhea. She says she needs girl talk, which is very confusing because if I were the dad and I had heard that, I would have been like, sorry, what? But he's like, ah, I gotta get out of here. It's girl talk time. <laughs> um, and she's in trouble for missing coding club. Watson and Molly are counting on her and she sort of hasn't shown up. I was a little confused by that because Watson and Molly are in a different group. They're working on a pizza drone. She's working on her app. But... They need her. But she's the president, John. (laughs) You're right. She is the president of the coding club and she has forsaken her duties. (laughs) And the teacher is really there offering her like a window to admit she needs help. And she like has this little mini breakdown. She's like, they need help. No one offers to help me. And the teacher is like, well, do you need help? And she says no. At every opportunity to ask for help, she turns it down. She like really believes she can do it all. And honestly, mm-hmm. having witnessed it, I I almost believe she can do it all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so at some point, the dad asks Rhea to stay at the restaurant to work a baby shower event. And why of all days? It has to be the day of the Festival of Colors. So Rhea's clearly upset. Yeah, this is where the dad loses me. So Ginger loved the mix. She loved the updated mix that Rhea and Max worked on. So they're going forward with him for the Festival of Color. But yeah, the dad, (laughs) this killed me because Rhea had the day off already. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's not like she was like shirking duties. She had the day off and he's like, sorry, I need you here to run a baby shower. This isn't like a fundraiser she's attending. This is a fundraiser she helped organize. This is where the dad sort of becomes like too much of a like a uh, like wall instead of a character where he's like sort of there to like block Rhea from her dreams instead of like 
hearing her at all. But like, he's like, I can't do this without you. When Rhea FaceTimes Max to tell her that she can't come and like wishes him good luck. He says, I don't need luck. I've got you. John. I wrote swoon in all caps. <laughs> I literally went, well, what a line. I am sweating. <laughs> I couldn't even handle it. Like, it's already bad enough that he like had to say this in a British accent. But then he was wearing a white hoodie with the backwards hat. And I just, I couldn't handle it. I couldn't handle it. <laughs> so Rhea is working really hard at the baby shower. But then she's like, Rohan, how would you like to be cool for once in your entire life? This is my second line, my second favorite line. Okay, Rohan says, I reject your thesis. I'm fabulous. And he is. So somehow asks Rohan to cover for her, but we never find out how he covers for her or anything. It's just like the next scene, she's at the Festival of Color. We don't care what he did. He did something. She apologizes to her friends and she shows up at the Festival of Color. The festival happens. It's like a slow-mo thing. We're listening to the song Feeling Good and like, it's a hit. Like everybody loves this song. Like it's the moment. Yes. The song is playing and Rhea is just so clearly like, enamored of Max like oh just he's like in his element and she is so proud and so happy and having a blast with her friends and again as you said everybody is vibing to this mix yes and so like it's clearly a hit and remember Max doesn't know that Ray is there because she video or FaceTimed him earlier saying that like she wasn't going to be able to come but the music finishes everybody loves it and it's time to like you know, take credit and you think like, oh, he's going to thank Rhea for like helping him make this song. And he takes the credit all to himself. He doesn't even mention Rhea. And the way her face fell, Jahan, like my, I just like, I just felt a slump in my stomach. It was a face that just truly just wrecked, wrecked. Avantika truly acted her ass off in this movie. (laughs) Sorry, as an aside, but yes. Yeah. Her face just falls. She's just devastated. And then what I love is she does not keep that inside. Rhea immediately goes up to Max and she confronts him. She's like, why didn't you shout me out? You know, I did you not? Is it because you didn't know I was here? And the thing is, Max could have been like, ah, I didn't know you were here. <laughs> but he didn't. He's like, well, you helped a ton. But this is my thing. It's my equipment. I'm the DJ that makes it my song. And what I wrote here, we know this boy is a proud Brit. We know he's DJ Union Max. Like the fact that he's British and she's Indian is too much for me because this boy colonized her music. (laughs) Wait, wait. Okay, the finishing of that quote is, I'm the DJ, which makes it my song. I mean, what would you do with it anyway? You said it yourself. You're not an artist. You make mixes for your dad's restaurant. The disrespect. And the thing is, like, the second he's threatened, he, like, he he told her she was an artist. But the second he's threatened, he, oh, my God, he, like, decides to belittle her. What bullshit. After I texted you, I have to confess <laughs> to the fans. Okay, my first message to you was, I want them to kiss right now. My second message was when I was watching this scene. <laughs> and I said, I have not felt such betrayal since Prince Han betrays Anna in Frozen. Like, it was just... (laughs) We did watch Frozen together 
many years ago and I had seen it and Avery hadn't and I had to do exactly what I had to do here where I had to pretend to hype up the romance for Avery's just to watch Avery's heartbreak <laughs> but the real question is why does this keep on happening to me I want to know why do I in these movies fall for these nice cute boys only for them to be trapped every time Every time. I think I also texted you, I will never love again. <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, he is sold as such a nice boy for what it's worth. Those are pure rom-com scenes. I understood the appeal and he just, but like you, we had started to see like some light jealousy. He, it doesn't come as like, he loves DJing, but it doesn't come as naturally to him as like music does to Rhea. Like, you know the idea of like the white guy on the internet, right? Like <laughs> where like it's once he's threatened, he like sort of lashes out. It's it's no good. He first of all, he tells her to calm down, which made me so mad. She tells him to go celebrate his solo achievement by himself, which is important because he said he DJed to make friends and he's like pretty much given up any chance of that right now. But what I love from the scene and truly, like, this is where Rhea's friends, like, come to shine because Ginger, Molly, and Watson have all heard this, like, go down. And Ginger's like, is this true? And why am I blanking on his name? I already hate him already. Max. Max is over here like, oh, she's just being dramatic. And Ginger <laughs> comes for his ass. She says, friends, I had to, all, all caps, this is my number one favorite line. <laughs> friends. What does it mean when a man says a woman is being dramatic? And Molly answers, he's a filthy liar. And Watson snaps and goes, facts. <laughs> An incredible exchange. I fully lost it as well. And her friends are fully there to support her. They immediately believe her. And this is like after a sequence where she was like spending all her time with Max and at the restaurant. She like had kind of bailed on her friends a bunch of times, but they are still there for her. And Rhea gets home and she is, it's not like the first two times. Now she is fully grounded. She left when her dad needed her. My thing with this is, sir, she had the day off. You took away her day off. This is your issue, not hers. But she is grounded for two months. So Rhea is like fully heartbroken. She's disappointed her father and had Max betray her. So she's like having a hard time, but Nani summons her. And Nani is perfect as always. She again tells her she doesn't want her to hide from life. She doesn't want her to do what her father is doing. And she tells her what I think is so important for kids to hear, which is it is not your responsibility to make everyone happy. Oh, that's a good line. This scene, though, is the first one where I cried. <laughs> I won't say it's the only one where I cried, but it's a really beautiful scene. Because she tells Nani about the boy and how he didn't acknowledge her. And she's like, really like at a loss. She's like, and Nani's like, doesn't matter. You'll make another song. You'll make a million songs. You will fill the world with so much music, it will crush him. <laughs> and there's a little bit of <laughs> spice to the end of that line. <laughs> and Rhea is like concerned. She's like, what if I gave him the best ideas I had? Prior to this scene, she has never felt like a musician. She has never been an artist. She's... But this is where she's coming into her own and sort of 
this is when Nanny kind of hands her her mom's legacy, I feel like. And it's wonderful because her mom used to say the exact same thing. She was always worried each song was her last song. And Nanny was like, you sound just like her, um, which is so lovely. And then Nanny brings out a box. It's filled with her mother's songs, or I guess for Nanny, her daughter's songs. And this is a huge moment for Rhea because Nanny says, you are not just your father's daughter. You are also your mother's daughter. She's not just business. She's also music. <gasps> oh, it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. <laughs> and I wrote, Nanny, truly the MVP. <laughs> <laughs> I, I won't say she's the best performer in the movie because everybody really delivered, but she's so good. <laughs> and with this box, our girl Rhea just begins to get inspired. Truly just like feels her mother's spirit and like, oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Absolutely. And then her friends, who I put the real ones, <laughs> come to her house and bring her DJ equipment while she's grounded. And this is my third favorite line in this movie. <laughs> Raya asks, like, how did they get all this? Like, where did they find all of this, like, DJ equipment? And Molly goes, please, my dad is a typical Gen Xer. There isn't a hobby he hasn't picked up and then abandoned. I also <laughs> wrote that full quote down. It was so silly. <laughs> but they even go a step further. Molly fixed up all the equipment for her because, you know, she's very good with coding and tech and apparently, mm -hmm. like, wires and things. But that's what's so wonderful because, again, her friend's all stepped up for her. Yes. And Rhea's like, why did you bring all this stuff? And that's where we hear they entered her into the battle of the Beatmaxers. Beat, Beatmasters. Uh, they took her one of her dinner playlists and submitted it and entered her. And she's like, I can't enter that contest. And my queen is suddenly back in the room. Nani's like, sorry, are people going to listen to her music? <laughs> She is absolutely going to enter this contest because Rhea's like, I'm grounded. I can't go. And Nani's like, I'll handle it. <laughs> because again, music is so important to them. And it's like, oh, it's, it's beautiful. Even though Rhea is grounded, her friends help her find like the sounds and the rhythm of the street. So they're like out, which by the way, when I said that, or like when I typed that line, I immediately thought of the Arthur theme song because I am a 90s child. <laughs> But they're like going out into the street and like recording different sounds for Rhea. And she's like at home mixing them. And it's just a uh, true friendship, true friendship. The way they got Rhea to go for it. She was like, I, I can't enter this contest. I've never DJed. They showed her a video of Max clearly saying he was going to use feeling good in this competition. Credit to the actor. The second he stopped being the romantic interest, he gets so much more annoying. I thought he did a really good job at it because I hated his ass. <laughs> she can't let him win with her song, though she's grounded, as you said, starts to put together her own music. And they're helping her in all sorts of ways. Ginger's like, you need a DJ name. And she's like, Rhea. <laughs> and so she's like, can I at least put it in all caps? And I actually think that's a very cool DJ name. So great call. And then we see her, her dad comes to check up on her and he's like, oh, you really love this stuff. And she actually kind of ices him out, which I think he deserves. But I like this scene because we got to see him like, he doesn't actually, he's not against her doing music. He's not against her DJing. He just wants her to work at the restaurant, which I, I like liked that he is not outwardly against the creative pursuit. Mm. Okay, and then here we are at the moment that fully brought me to tears. 
Uh-oh. Rhea has a tape from her from the box from her nanny that says for Rhea, and it's a gorgeous song that her mother sings. She's put it in the mix. It's the day of the competition, and she's like, Nanny, do you want to listen to it? She sampled her mom's voice, and Nanny says, My Mira, you brought her back? And I was <laughs> gone. It was game over. <laughs> and she named the song It's All Music, which we know her mother has said before. Avery, it's the day of the competition. It's the evening of the competition. We're here. We're here. We're here. Rhea puts on her mother's wedding headpiece, and then, like, in one of my fa- this is like my favorite back-to-back pair of shots in the movie. It's just like so, so like true of what this movie is. She puts on the wedding headpiece and then it immediately cuts to her putting on golden Doc Martens. <laughs> and it's just so badass. It's just like, this is who she is, right? She's this child of two cultures. She's like, and she's not like Max, right? She's not here to just make any song. She's here to do what they said, which is tell a story, to share her mom's music, to share her mom's story and also to look incredibly fucking cool (laughs) nani says that her mother's spirit is shining through her and i was like oh nani (laughs) okay so my favorite moment is nani and rea walking into the battle of the beatmasters side by side nani is in like a full like silver camis and looks incredible she's wearing a lot like a lot of sparkly gold this is when i was like the costume team went off because Rhea is in this like she is in an outfit that is like a modern Indian outfit right it's got like the cropped sari-esque top and like some cool pants and then like the Doc Martens and I just was like ah it was just so amazing to see in a Disney Channel original movie right like this episode is probably gonna go on so long because I cannot stop waxing poetic about how exciting it is to see like them bringing Indian culture in really beautifully (laughs) We get backstage and Max is trying to like, he tries to condescend. And I said, white man apologize backstage. And Rhea shuts him down. She's not having that shit. It's incredible. It's so, so good. He's like, she doesn't even care about his apology because he does not matter anymore. She says, Max, this isn't about you. It's about me. I'm here to make music. And then Avery, he says... I respect that. And she says, and I don't care. And this is where I write, yes, bitch, fuck him up, fuck him up. (laughs) Just end him. It was good. It was good. It was great. It was, as you said, a really incredible shutdown. (laughs) Because Rhea knows who she is now, right? She's like fully in her element and she doesn't like need him to feel that way. And she doesn't like need him to believe it about herself. She knows it. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The competition happens. Things are happening. (laughs) We don't care about the other DJs. We really just care about Max and Rhea. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Yeah, nothing to see there. (laughs) And then they're the final two. What's going to happen? Ginger is live streaming. Rohan is watching. And he's like watching at the restaurant. And Rhea says, it feels like I was born to do this, which is so good because again just really taking in that family legacy of music but like Rohan and the like I love this because he's watching with the other like waiters and employees of the restaurant and they're all cheering and then the dad's like sorry what's going on (laughs) because it is again a busy night at the restaurant and he did try to pull the same bullshit where he was like sorry I have to cancel your day off and Nani was like Maybe you shouldn't rely on your daughter and your mother-in-law to run your business. Mm-hmm. Let them 
he sees this video and he's like, sorry, my grounded daughter who I needed tonight is in a DJ competition. And we don't know what's going through his head, but he and Rohan hit the road. Mm-hmm. Can I also point out that we also see coding teacher Naomi in the crowd here at this point, And I was like, she came. Okay. I was going to say, maybe she just loves these beats, but then I was like, maybe she thought she'd see the dad. <laughs> Let's be real. So it's the finals of the competition, and Max goes first with Feeling Good. And to this actor's credit, he is incredibly good at the DJ arms. <laughs> it's so goofy, but he spends like this entire scene waving his arms up and down. And it's, it was killing me because he was doing it with a lot of energy. <laughs> Can I also say... I love when he is performing and Nani just yawns in the middle of his set. I was like, what a savage. I love you so much. Yes. Again, they are so loyal. None of the friends are cheering for him. There is an applause meter There's also judges, but like they, they're like, we're not going to help him at all. And then it's time for Rhea's set. She goes out there and... Oh. It's, it starts really quiet. It starts really quiet and it's really cool. Like the crowd's kind of getting into it. But when the beat drops, Rhea starts doing a dance. And it's like, again, Avantika is an amazing dancer for what it's worth. <laughs> and she's killing it, right? She gets the whole crowd doing a choreographed dance with her song. She like really has the crowd in it. And then just as her father arrives, she puts in her mom's tape to use her mom's voice as a sample. <sighs> It's gorgeous. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I mean, he comes in. I mean, you couldn't have planned it perfectly. More perfect. But like he comes right at the time where like you see her mother on the screen and you hear her voice and the dad's just sold on it. Like there's there's no turning back now. Like Rhea is the music. She's she's the music. Mm-hmm. You can't deny it. And she's like tearing up on stage. I'm tearing up in my home. <laughs> <laughs> she kills it. Like musical, like ode to her mother, to everything, and like to her life is beautiful. And it's called It's All Music. It ends and <laughs> it's time to see who won. And, you know, it had to be. I mean, we couldn't let Max win. Rhea wins. Rhea wins. First of all, if I, first of all, if Max would have won, I would have, I would have gone ape shit. <laughs> there are some movies where I can take a character like losing, but they like learn something, yeah. right? <laughs> This was not one of, this was, this was not one. Absolutely not. <laughs> Rhea needed to destroy him. <laughs> if he had won with a song that she helped make, I would have lost my mind. <laughs> and I wrote, it was nice to see Max look dumbfounded. Loser bitch. <laughs> I like, <laughs> clearly just, my nose went a little off the rails here. But the whole family is so proud. I'm not well. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and Rhea is like, the crowd loves her. She's signing autographs and taking selfies. And she barely spares a glance for Max, who kind of just, he disappears into the background, which is all he deserves because he doesn't thank her or congratulate her. So we're done with him. Goodbye. So now, you know, Reyes found music, and now everyone gets a chance to express themselves and be who they are. Rohan gets his TikTokos, mm-hmm. which I wanted to point out, very important at the end of this movie. And Sundays at the restaurant are DJ Sundays now. Yeah, and I thought that was so fun because the dad did say the nanny's dancing was corny at the start. 
And now it's like a modern like version of that. And Nani's still dancing, to be clear. We would not deprive her of that. But she's now dancing to Rhea's mixes. And I also thought it was really lovely because earlier in the movie, Rhea had said every Sunday my mom would sing and Nani would dance. So that Nani has that again. Oh, it's so beautiful. What a... What a gorgeous legacy her mother left and Rhea has carried on. And also we see the pizza drone successfully delivering jalebis. <laughs> oh, yes. And we see the dad supporting both the music and the TikTokos. He is just proud. And like he tells his son he's proud of the TikTokos. Like he's proud of his kids' creative endeavors now. He's like not trying to make them into little restaurateurs. And what a film. <laughs> Five stars. Five stars. Absolutely. That's all I'm here to say. <laughs> I also love how this movie, I'm pretty sure, was an hour and 20 minutes and it took us like an hour and 20 minutes to explain everything. <laughs> yeah, you've, you've watched it twice. <laughs> yeah, it's... It, what a what a really beautiful movie. I know, like, it's a Disney Channel original movie. It's for kids and it's... I, I feel like they're lucky to see it and I'm glad they have it. <laughs> yes. Are we going to do a little background about the actors? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Avantika was credited with only one name in the movie. She has a full name on Wikipedia. I don't, maybe she's going one name, which I think is very cool. <laughs> Cher, Madonna, Avantika. <laughs> speak it, Jahan, speak it. Jahan Victor. <laughs> I don't think I need to, though, because she's about to blow up. Like, absolutely. Like, she was a star. She's been in other movies, in Telugu language films, and she's in a Tamil language film this year. She's also in, like, a Rebel Wilson movie coming out this year. I don't know if it's a big role, but, she, you know, she's in a lot of stuff. She has, like, one foot in the door in terms of Disney projects, because I also saw that she's in a Disney Plus show, Diary of a Future President. I haven't seen it, but she's she has a... Me neither. Yeah, so I she's in that, too, so... I expect to see her in a lot of other Disney projects and she's super talented. Yeah, and she has a career in Indian movies and she's about to blow up. Like, that's how it feels. Like, it feels like she's going to be in Disney stuff and she's... I don't even think she's going to be in Disney stuff for very long. I think she's going to be in... Not that, again, we clearly have no problem with a Disney-based career, but I really think she's going to go mainstream pretty fast. Mm, mm. We talked about Anna Cathcart. She was great. Somebody who needs to, like be a Disney lead or a lead of her own thing sooner rather than later. Mm -hmm. I loved all the other kids. They haven't been in a ton. Um, I think Ginger's been in a couple shows. And then Nani and the dad are both pretty big deals. Abed Deal, the dad, is like a big Hindu language actor. I say that because he's not just in Bollywood movies. He's also in a lot of like Indian indie films, right? He's very into the Indian new wave. I think he talks about it a lot. <laughs> and Nani, oh my goodness, full like British celeb. She was in the Kumars at number 42, which is apparently a big deal. But weirdly, she played the grandma in that decades ago. And she's like in full, like more, like, you know, Gro Golden Girls, how Estelle uh, Getty like is fully made up as Sophia. Yes. And like looks 30 years older. She looks like that. It's a crazy amount of makeup and costuming. She really? So that's, so her most famous role is for her unrecognizable. Wow. <laughs> she is, she married the man who played her grandson. What? <laughs> because they were basically the same age. Wow. That's so wild. It's funny because obviously the kids 
in the U.S. might not know this. The kids in South Asian families might. I didn't. I had to research it. But she to me is like, you know, when we have Debbie Reynolds in Halloween Town mm-hmm. or something. She is a very big star, just not in the U.S. necessarily Interesting. yet. Interesting. I do want to talk about the director of this movie. Yes. Before you go, I want you to talk about her. I just want to say the movie was written by two non-South Asian, non-Indian writers, Carly Steiner and Josh Kagan. And that's why I think the director is especially important. Go on, Avery. (laughs) Okay. I was going to say, I love that this was directed by an Indian woman. I love that she also has another movie on Netflix right now called Skater Girl. Have you seen it yet? I really want to watch it. I read the description and I was like, oh my gosh. Okay, it has been in my queue for months now. Well, maybe not months, but it's been in my queue for a while now. And I was like, oh, this is the same director? Okay, now I have to watch. (laughs) Like the dad, she comes, this director, Manjari Makajani, comes from a Bollywood family. But she has actually taken an almost uniquely like American path to becoming a director. She like did the American Film Institute's like fellowship and stuff like that. Yeah. And she's been on, she's done like a couple of projects being like assistant directors in like big movies like Mission Impossible and Dark Knight. So I see her coming into her own right now. It's really cool that, yeah, she's directing her own stuff now and that it's so great. I'm also going to say as much as you and I love this movie, I'm actually really disappointed in Disney fans because I was like, okay, this was clearly a hit, clearly five stars. Like, where's the Oscar? How many people watch this movie? Mm-hmm. And I looked at the viewing for this movie and it got like half a million viewers. The disrespect. I get it. It's the start of school. Like, we're in a pandemic. People are busy. But I also just feel like not a lot of people saw this movie. And like to give you reference, like High School Musical 2, which we all know is big. I did a little like rating comparison. They had 17.2 million people watch High School Musical 2. And so I'm a little hurt that like we didn't even get to a million on this movie because I feel like it is such a treasured gem. I feel like everybody should watch it. I'm really sad. I'm disappointed. Unfortunately, TV does work differently than it did with High School Musical because like kids are all watching streaming now, right? And we had trouble accessing this film. This is <laughs> So I hope they release it on Disney Plus because kids are going to go crazy, go just wild for it. And I think like a lot of kids like only have Netflix and YouTube and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I hope they really think about like how they get it to the kids and put it on Disney Plus. I loved it. You loved it. And you know who else loved it? Adam. It's time for Adam's Corner. (laughs) Great segue. (laughs) I absolutely love this movie. I don't want to say it was better than I expected, but I didn't read any descriptions. I didn't see any trailers. I just went in blind and I was like, all right, DCOM, you know, here we go. But aside from, I would say, other than the actual segments at school, not the festival or anything like that, the actual segments where they're in the hallways, it seems like a normal like Netflix original movie. It didn't even seem like a decom at all. Almost. I did wonder if that was because it was supposed to be on Disney+. Plus. I think maybe their production yeah. value is different, but it was, yeah, a blast. <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> this was awesome. <laughs> Random fact, Ooh. because you know I love the country of Canada. This movie was filmed in Canada. <laughs> Which, okay, the only reason why I looked this up, I know I'm weird, but I have this thing where, like, looking at sets, like, I like looking at movie sets and trying to, like, trying to place it to, like, different places. I swear the outside of the, of Rhea's home is the same, like, outside or same, like, 
home as Life with Derek. Oh. And I was like, is this filmed in Canada? So I watched all the way to the credits and sure enough, it was filmed in Canada. Hmm. We'll go look at the Life with Derek house very soon. <laughs> yeah, this was this was a delight. I mean, I think we're all just astounded by what fun we had watching it. Like, we don't have a ton of notes. It was incredible, again, to see an, an Indian-American family represented this way. And I think really important for me and probably a lot of other kids who were like me growing up. I just... It's like I truly have just been beaming this whole time because I'm just so excited to get to talk about it, right? Because I'm 28 years old. There's over 100 decoms, and we've never had an Indian American lead. Beautiful. Wow. Beautiful. What a thrill. <laughs> it was really nice to see white male mediocrity fail. <laughs> yes! <laughs> it was Ooh. nice to see it shut down. <laughs> Even if he had succeeded, it still would have been with her work, with her, like, music, her story. So she was amazing. The movie was a blast. And I, that's all I have to say. <laughs> I mean, I just say give it all the Emmys. I don't know. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much for listening. We're from A to Xenon. You can follow us at From A to Xenon on Twitter. You can follow Adam at the podcast Adam on all platforms. I'm at Jahan413 and Avery. I'm at Camille says 36. You know, we have a Spotify playlist where we add songs from the movies as we watch them. Take a listen. You can hear Drew Seeley's voice as Jordan Cahill. <laughs> we learned after the fact that Taryn Killam did not sing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it for us. Thank you for watching with us. See you next time.